pretty classic <laughs> Rebecca. All right, everyone has to just kind of. <laughs> Rebecca, you're late. Is she, is she here yet? No. <laughs> We're just gonna go on without her then. And it even has her name in the damn title. I I know. <laughs> Can we change the title of this real quick? <laughs> we we need Rebecca, the, uh, the bell, the shame bell. Shame. <laughs> shame. Well, I I've, I'm sure you've got some sound effects over there somewhere you could use. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. When she I shows like. up, we'll, we'll let her do her thing. But until then, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Spilling Ink. You know us as the talk show that goes behind the book to meet the authors and professionals in the publishing industry. And we actually have the boss here today. So hello, Joe. How are we doing? Oh, good. How's everybody? I think we're good. doing okay. Katie's looking great as always tonight. I oh, am you. still alive. Look at this. And I'm wearing my I'm wearing my family, uh, coronavirus survivor shirt. And then, you know, it's funny as I, I bought this. It came in, I posed for a picture with it, and then the next morning I was in the ER getting x-rays again, and my wife was like, You jinxed it with that freaking shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you well, never wear the shirt of the band. The band will break up. That's right? exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> oh, but we're but we're here. We're we're missing one guest, but it's not somebody of, of much consequence. So um, <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Oh, thanks, Regine. I, I feel like that's, is that a compliment to me or her? <laughs> I think it's a compliment either way. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, while we're waiting for Rebecca, do we have some uh, like promo stuff we're supposed to play? Oh wait, wait! I think I think we we have something from from our sponsor. Who is that sponsor again? I don't know. Do some know who that sponsor dirt, is? some dirt bag. I don't know. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I am Joe Compton, and welcome to our channel, Go Indie Now. This is the place that celebrates indie artists and indie art, and we do so by producing several shows that either air on daily, weekly, monthly, or seasonal scheduling, and. Within those shows, we aim to educate and entertain you. If you're, if you're an indie artist who's trying to figure out how to do this, this is the place you need to be. If you're an indie artist who's looking to promote and doesn't have any avenues and, and is tired of the grind, this is the place to be. Because remember, it's always time to go indie now. What a, oh, yeah. what a blowhard. <laughs> I know. He's something, isn't he? Wow. Oh, there's the little cutie. How are you doing? <laughs> she's so sweet. Aw. I don't I don't know if she's frozen or this is just her. Huh. Okay. <laughs> well then. <laughs> we'll move on. It's kind of it's kind of scary. <laughs> Yesterday was Friday the thirteenth. Today is not supposed to be a bad luck day. That's true. That's true. Well, it's funny. Is uh, twenty minutes ago, Heather asked me if I was supposed to be down here on the show with you guys. I was like, I thought it was Thursday. So, all right then. You get a little taste of retirement. I'll, I'll <laughs> tell you, days. it's it's no joke for for anyone else who's been quarantined to the house. 
it's weird. The days don't feel right. You don't know what day it is. And, you know, now all, all my kids are quarantined too. So I don't have school to, to tell me what day it is. And yeah, it's, it's cool it's, to see you though, brother. It's nice that you're here. I really appreciate that. It's good. It's good to be back, you know, and I, and I, I popped in just for like five minutes. I think it was a week or two ago. And, you know, the, the whole reason I, I haven't been here guys is that I, I, I have had COVID and I'm, I'm recovering now. I'm, I'm doing fine, but, um, it's really, it's been difficult for me to keep a conversation for long because I, I kind of, I, I run out of breath quickly. Um, so I, I'm finally at a point where I, I feel like I can actually talk and not just turn into a wheezing asthmatic mess. Um, but it's, well, it's, it's really good to be back with, with, uh, people other than my family, even though I adore my family, it's, it's nice to have <laughs> other people as well. Well, we want to make sure you don't overdo it. So if you start yeah. feeling bad, no, I'll just sit here. Know. I'll just say it well, and clearly I'm I'm vaping again, so clearly it's not that bad anymore. Yeah. Well, there was it was about uh, about a week where I couldn't, and that's when I knew I was like, oh yeah, this is serious. <laughs> I can't use do my bad habit anymore. Did Did you feel like it was helping you to to maybe um, quit, or did you just miss it? You know. I don't know. Well, you know, it's it's an you know it's an addiction thing for sure, and for for people who. Oh, that's that's freaky. Um, and for <laughs> for anyone who who has experienced some kind of addiction, you you understand what that that pull is like. So um, there's definitely the pull. But when you're feeling that miserable already, you're not thinking about it as much. It's more like, okay, am I gonna die on the couch here today watching Jurassic World for the two thousandth time? I don't really know. <laughs> Could be. Hey, Rebecca's here. We How you doing, it. honey? Sorry about that, guys. Like, I'm sitting here trying to log in, and all I got was a spinning, 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 spinning. I'm like, why? Like, I've had full internet all day. It's like, Murphy's oh, you're off. supposed to be online? No, I don't think so. <laughs> well, Rebecca, it's really good to see you. I have not talked to you in a long time. It has, it has it's been a been while. ages, dude. Yeah. I've missed talking to you. We, it was, you know, I kind of, uh, I went downhill a few months ago and, and shut out the world. And then it seemed like as I was trying to surface that you were going through a rough patch where you were really overwhelmed and you had uh, a lot of stuff going on. So it's kind of like we, it's been this yeah. weird uh, see, or, uh, seesaw, no, teeter-totter. Are they the same thing? Yes. Seesaw and a teeter-totter. Okay, there we go. So seesaw. usually they're one of yeah, them. Yeah, they're the yeah. same thing. Depends but, on which side of the country yeah. you're on. Yeah, but it's it's good to see you again. Yeah. All right. It's so good now, we'll, well, and of course, yeah. Joe and Katie. You don't have it's to been pretend. So like, long, I, I swear. How long has it been since we've seen you? <laughs> <laughs> it's been like twelve, twelve-ish hours. Yeah, really? Wow, was it that long? Uh, seems like an eternity right. oh to be young and have all that free time like you guys so, so i so do enjoy just uh, talking about when night. i was a uh, when i was just watching the, the circle stood we were we talking, talking about, about how you. rude it was that our guest guest with the with with the with the uh, announcement and the, the headline wasn't here <laughs> mm -hmm. uh -huh. that's it's just her showing up fashionably late you know mm -hmm. that's the celebrity mm -hmm. 
can't yeah, be. Yeah, I'm always, I'm always fashionable. I am <laughs> such a diva, y'all. Well, since you are here, why don't you tell us about your new book? My new book? Uh, yeah, my new book. It is the, my new book. It is the sixth book of the Mab's Doll series. There we go. <laughs> the black-eyed children are converging. Jillian has seen them before, but did not understand what they were. Except for their eyes and the strange way they talk, they can pass as human children, lost and looking for help. So yeah, the black-eyed children have shown up in several of the books now. Um, Starting from book two on, you get little glimpses of what they are, what they might be, what could be controlling them, <clears throat> and where they come from. And um, this one gets real dark, and the ending gets, like, super dark. Like, you thought book five with the um, child serial killer was dark? And then we went to book six where we mix in some shadows with that madness and things got super dark. Now, last time we talked, I asked you to find a section to so. read for us that isn't gonna be too spoilery. Did you find one? Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I did. Shall I go ahead? You guys ready to just sit there and listen for a bit? Yes, do it. You have the floor. What we lose, we don't get back. Time heals all wounds, we like to say, but it's another one of our lies. He laughed bitterly as he started following her again. A most vile lie indeed, when it is time that causes those wounds and stops them from healing. Simon started to agree with her, but was caught off guard as she continued. If humans would just give up the lie of time being so important, they could heal so many things. I, uh, what? Beg your pardon, what? Simon stammered out, tripping over his words and his feet. Jillian turned to face him, reaching out a steadying arm while frowning down at his feet to see what was wrong with him. Time is the thief of human potential and is only reinforced by their insistence that it is essential and immutable. Um, Katie, I'm going to need you to count my flubs. Thanks. If you would see it for what it is, then you would not be jailed by it so easily. And what is time? Simon felt like he was going crazy asking that question. Everyone knew what time was, didn't they? Didn't he understand what time was? Deep inside, he felt himself start to tremble, as if her answer might change everything he understood. Not just about the world, but about himself and his relation to it. Jillian opened her mouth to answer, then quickly bit her lips to clamp down on her words. No, 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 no. Simon rounded on her angrily, as scared as he was to hear the truth, now that he knew there was no backing away from it. You are not going to not answer that question, not after making such a big deal out of it. Answer me, Jillian. Jillian opened her mouth, then swallowed hard and shook her head. Simon didn't know any better. He would think she was scared. But this was a woman who had faced down a legion of life-sucking semi-ghosts and did so with only the strength of her body. Answering a question should not scare her so much, should it? But right now, she looked like she wanted to slap her hands over her mouth and run away, as if she had said more than she should have. She took a deep breath, and hope and dread filled Simon in equal amounts. I am AOSI, she reminded him instead. I cannot tell a lie, not even one to protect you. I believe the truth would hurt you too badly to... 
A heavy growl cut off her words. Reaching them moments before Pitch barreled his way between them at a full run, knocking Jillian back as he spun to face her. With a back leg, he gently pushed Simon away from Jillian as he lowered his massive equine head to glare at her. The other back foot came up, shoving Simon even further away, nearly knocking him over. But the blow was low. He didn't topple, just stumbled back. Simon was so startled that he couldn't think of anything to say. It was like Pitch was hurting him away from Jillian for some reason. Protecting him from her? From Jillian? Gary had mentioned something like this, how the younger Kelpies had done the same thing to him as Pitch and Lily did to them. It was a protective maneuver, he remembered. How the Kelpies protected the young and weaker members of their pack, moving them away from danger and putting their bodies in between them. Simon took several steps back of his own volition, moving out of range of those giant legs. Once he was back far enough, Pitch grew, shrinking the space between them and urging Simon to back up even more now. The Kelpie's hair grew coarse, and his mane spread halfway down his back, shining in the light. Not because it was sleek and smooth, Simon could see, but because it was sharp. The barbed ends of each strand caught the light and shone with danger and warning as his clawed feet tore at the ground. Jillian, after stumbling back at the first impact, had not moved. Nothing except her head as it slowly tilted upwards so she could keep eye contact with her brother. She was not afraid of Pitch, despite his posturing and defensive movements. Throwing her hands up in frustration, she yelled, I know! I would not have done it, as I was just explaining to him. I am not so naive. Do not forget, I have the memories of Arden and Troll King, as well as my mother. I know what it did to them when they started to, tra to transition. Pitch jerked his head in a harsh denial, baring his teeth and hissing. He followed that movement by snapping his teeth at her several times and flattening his ears. Simon stared at the exchange happening in front of him, watching as, Jill as Jillian was chastised harshly. Pitch's movements were so much like an adult berating a child for dangerous behavior, he didn't even dare ask another question. Jillian wasn't taking it quietly, however. She raised one hand and pointed at Pitch's face, inches away from his snout. You are forgetting one, one important fact, dear brother. He only speaks English. Pitch paused for a moment, then looked back at Simon. Silence filled the air around them, leaving Simon blinking as the two face stared at him. Flabbergasted at the interruption and the back and forth, seemingly vicious argument that was happening in front of him to protect him in some way he did not understand, Simon simply stared back at them for several moments until Pitch snorted at him, blasting him with hot breath and tatters of vapor. Oh, uh, she, she's right. I only speak English. I know a little bit of ASL... He gulped quickly as Pitch bared his teeth at him. This was a whole new side of Pitch he had not seen before. It was like staring down his own father or mother when they were rightfully angry at him. Simon felt like a guilty schoolboy and did not know why. Right, sorry, uh, American Sign Language. It's like a manual language for the deaf, but I'm not very fluent. Just he trailed off as Pitch turned away and went back to his silent discussion with his sister. Again, Pitch tore at the ground and shook his head violently. There are no words in his language to fully explain any of it, Pitch, she told him gently when his attention returned to her. There have not been any words like that spoken by humans since before the migration. All the written words were mistranslated, and I would not explain it all to him at once anyway. I was not even going to give him a new concept to think about. It would do him no good at this moment. Um, Simon spoke up as he took a tiny step forward. I think I'm capable of deciding what is and wasn't good for- Oh! 
He broke off as Pitch shoved him back again, this time much less gently, knocking the air out of his lungs. Knowing how sharp the Kelpie's claws could be, as soon as he caught his balance, he looked down at his shirt where the Kelpie had pushed him. Not a single tear showed. He lifted his eyes and stared at Pitch, who glared right back at him. The message was clear. Pitch was still protecting him, whether he wanted it or not. And Simon needed that protection from what the fate could do to him. Jillian sighed, but did not argue against Pitch's actions. In fact, she seemed to be on his side now. Imagine, if you can, that you met a man who lived 3,000 years ago. Would you give him a hand grenade? How would you explain an explosion to, to him, or the handle, or even the pin? Frustrated and confused, Simon tried to think that through. I'm not sure, I suppose. I suppose I wouldn't hand him the grenade. But why would I hand him a grenade in the first place? Jillian shook her head. You're purposely not understanding the analogy. Would you take the same man to the ocean and give him a speedboat if you could, knowing he understood nothing inside the boat or even had to navigate by the stars, and he has no concept of how deep and dangerous the ocean can be? Simon gaped at her as his mind struggled to keep up with what she was saying. But how can... That doesn't make sense. It's only time we're talking about. He trailed off as both of them gave him a, a piercing gave him piercing, knowing looks. Something clicked in his head, finally. Which is why Pitch is trying to protect me from it. Because knowing the truth of time is as impactful as a grenade, or as vast as an ocean? He said it as a question, hoping he was wrong. But both Faye nodded at him. It's both. Simon whispered as he backed away from Pitch. He finally understood that he needed to be protected, and dropped down. It made no sense at all, except in his gut, it did. Like, this was something he should know, or maybe he did know but forgot. His mind was still so full of holes. So many times he had been commanded to, for to forget, so he did. Not all of those memories were back yet. Jillian and Pitch shared a look that seemed to speak volumes, but then their entire conversation had seemed to like that to him. It was clear to Simon they had been communicating somehow, even though she had only she had spoken out loud. He felt as if she had said a lot more to pitch than he had heard or seen, much the same way some close friends or family members could share information with a look that no one else understood. They did so again, before they both nodded. Pitch finally moved from between them to stand next to Jillian, both of them facing him where Simon sat on the ground, his legs splayed out in front of him. Time is a concept, Jillian told him slowly and softly. She glanced over at Pitch, who nodded slowly. And humans have misunderstood that concept for a while now. I don't understand, Simon said, shaking his head. Felt like there should be should have been a big reveal already. In his gut, he knew there was one. Again, the trembling inside his body started. It did not show that he was certain of, since his head was hanging and he could see his arms and legs splayed loose in front of him. They did not shake or quiver. It was like he was shaking in his soul, not in his body. Only then did he realize he had collapsed, not just sat down. His body felt heavy. His limbs dragged at him, but moving them would take too much effort. He was completely focused on the conversation around him. I know she stopped his pitch put a paw in front of her. Again, they shared a look, this time much longer. It is a conditioned response. She pet 
she checked with Pitch again, and he nodded at her to continue, that human have imposed on their children for generations. Realizing he was not going to get any more of an answer than that, Simon looked up. His eyes sought Pitch, hoping he had something else to add. The shaking inside Simon got worse. He almost had it. Pitch nodded and waved his paw slightly. Somehow, Simon was shocked when Pitch didn't say anything. He knew that Kelpies didn't speak, but Pitch had managed to do so once before. Now seemed as important a time to, as any for him to speak again. Jillian spoke again instead. Think of what we have explained already. When you are ready, if you are ready, we can discuss it further. Simon felt like he was going to snap. His mind, his psyche, something. Something inside him straining against what he was being told. It didn't make sense. It Except it did, but he didn't know how, and he felt himself being stretched thin, like he was going into shock. Jillian started to reach out for him. He saw her hand reach out as fear started to fill her eyes. She was so fast, faster than any human he'd ever seen. But Pitch was faster, and closer, and much more flexible. Faster than, faster than his eyes could trace it, Pitch's tail lashed out in a black blur, striking him in the face. The barbed points pierced the skin of his cheek, making him gasp in sudden pain. Oxygen flooded his body, and bright lights sparked in front of his eyes. Whether it was tears from the sudden pain, or, or if he had forgotten to breathe for too long, he wasn't sure. Didn't matter to him, nor did the myriad of fine hair as it was stuck in the side of his face. Time doesn't heal all wounds. Life does, he rushed to speak. No, not life. Living. Living heals wounds. That's not right either. It's something like that. As he spoke the words, he knew they were almost true, but he didn't quite understand them either. Jillian had told him he would learn new words. Was this one of the words he needed to learn? He trapped his, tried to wrap his mind around the idea, but Pitch jerked his tail, painfully pulling at his face. Hey, what are you trying to do to me? Simon nearly toppled over, folding over his outstretched legs as he was pulled forward by only one too small portion of one cheek. As soon as he could, he glared up at the Kelpie who loomed over him. Save you. He could see the message on Pitch's face as the giant Kelpie glared down at him. Okay. Is that enough or should I keep going? That was Great excellent. Great job. And you read so well, Rebecca. No flubs at all. <sighs> I'm jealous. That was awesome. That was awesome. What is the title of this one? Madness and Shadows. As you can probably tell, Simon is starting nice. to go a little bit insane. That's why there's there's such a big back and forth and and it gets a lot worse for him. And then later in the book, oh, poor Simon, I break can... time. Oh no! Ooh. Like twenty twenty did? No, that <laughs> broke everyone. <laughs> worse. And you, if you want to like really piss off and freak out your editors, break time so that you have to write in like past perfect future tense. Ah. <laughs> well, I know I know how bad your editors freak out when you just try to skip ahead a couple of years in grade school. <laughs> they don't like that. 
Yeah. Well. Uh huh. Uh huh. Hey, I do have a, a question for you. What can a kelpie turn into anything, or can they only turn into one thing? Kelpies, for the most part, can turn into any four-limbed animal. It all depends okay. on their own personal strength, because it takes a lot of energy to shift a body that much. That's why, um, you know, Pitch has a like an addiction to sh to shape shifting. You know, he's constantly moving parts of his body, which is why he's also constantly eating. Hmm. Mm. I must have that same thing. That's why I'm constantly eating. Yeah, you shapeshift a lot too. What's your favorite thing to turn into, Jay? A uh, human. Oh, that's boring. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a Kelpie. That would have been fun. <laughs> well, wouldn't I already be a Kelpie if not necessarily? Kelpies aren't the only shapeshifters. I could I could be like one of those people from a Deep Space Nine that could change into anything. What were they called? Oh, oh, I can't remember them. Well, yeah, I know Odo was one of them, and I can't remember the yeah. name of his, his species. Changeling. That was a long changeling. Time ago. Yeah, yeah, he was a changeling. Okay. Uh, no, that was a great reading, Rebecca. Thank you for doing that. I have legs, so. So, Yay, all right, since we, we asked Jay the question, let's, let's ask Joe the question. If you could change into anything else, what would you change into? That's a great question. Not, I don't have an answer, to be honest. I don't know. Um, you know, I've always had a fondness. I don't know what it is, but I've always had a fondness for jaguars. Oh. That's a good I don't know if I would want to be one. I, well, they're that's... kind of ravenous, but, you know. Mm -hmm. But if you could just change into it at will, that would be fun. Oh, I don't know. It would be interesting. I, I, I'm sure in some, you know, methodology or past life, I was something that wasn't human. But you know, it's just like. Well, and that that question makes me think of something. I actually, because I, I actually wrote a little list here, and my list is mostly you just um, got it right. <laughs> the obvious answer is dragon. Yes, obvious yes. dragon. Why didn't it be a like, dragon? Yeah, if you can be a dragon, be a dragon for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, you know, I have a, a list here that I that I just jotted <laughs> I don't down. Know, I and think it's maybe mostly... I want to change to Betty White, then I'd be immortal and cool. That's true. Or Keith Richards, who is also right. immortal. Everyone needs to knock on wood now that she said that, because this is 2020. Yeah. This desk is imitation wood, but I mean, I did what I could. <laughs> I did what I could. Um, so yeah, so the um, you know changing into something else uh, idea. Um, one of the books that I read uh, during quarantine, because I've been reading a lot, is called The Humans by Matt Haig. If you have not read The Humans, it's a short book. Um, it's like a speculative fiction. I don't know how to describe this book. It's not horror. It's not fantasy. It's, um, it's, it's kind of dark and funny, but also beautiful at the same time. Um, but the humans, Matt Haig, um, absolutely a hundred percent recommend you just, just read it right now. I mean, it is such a, such a fascinating book. And, and now that I've read it, I, I cannot believe that I haven't read more of this author. Um, 
because his command of the language is just phenomenal. But um, there's a there's a character in that who who changes into something that he's he's not, and that's why it uh, made me think of that. So, but I, you, know I think, uh, you know who's going to play him in the movie, right? Who? Benedict Cumberbatch. No way. Cumberbatch. <laughs> really? Batch, whatever. Yeah. Come, well, you could Cumberbund, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Cumberband. That's a that's a that's a pretty decent match too, I think, for that character. Keep Cumber. That man's um, got a great voice. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does super sexy voice. Um, he can already turn into anything, so may as well. Yeah, might he's as already well. been a dragon. Yeah. He did. He did great in the imitation game too. Oh, um, that was a good one. I had no idea what that movie was going to be about until I watched it. I, I was like, "Holy crap!" Oh, I have, to, I have to say too, of all the Marvel Universe movies, Doctor Strange is that one that creeps up on you. That's that was so good that it was. It was. I. It was the one that I. I had cast aside as uh, I'm not. I don't really care about this character. I don't really right. want to watch this movie. Yeah. And then I watched it, and I was like. How the hell did I miss this? This is really good. This was a really good film. Yeah, I, I was I was super impressed, and and I I kind of was of the same feeling when it came out. I was like, eh, it's not really high on my list of things I want to watch. But yeah, I've I watched it over and over because I was like, wow, they just did a damn good job with it. Uh, see, and I was uh, the opposite. I I I will watch some movies just for the actor in them. And I really, really liked um, Benedict Cumberbatch in pretty much everything I've seen. So I was drawn to it just for that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he played Sherlock Holmes too, right? Yes, he did. I love his Sherlock. I, I really enjoy him and, and Martin Freeman. They play off each other so well. Martin Freeman of The Hobbit fame, if you guys don't know. He was also in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a, a show, and I can't remember the name of it. And I think it's it's kind of uh, it's more recent uh, about parenthood, and he plays just the stressed out dad so well. Hmm. All right. I'm trying to was think it a of. Show? Is it what? Was it a British? Show? It is. It is, and I, I'll have to look up the name later. But he he plays the stressed out dad, and it's it's just hilarious watching him act the way that we all want to act. You know, in, in in reaction to everything that goes wrong. Well, have you guys been, uh, you know, I know everybody's been watching a lot of uh, television, but have you guys been reading it all lately? Uh, editing. So not really reading for pleasure, but yes, reading lots uh, of books. Me? No, I never read all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> 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 I have to say, though, the trend lately, as far as the clients I've been getting, uh, since the quarantine started, everybody has become a self-help guru. There has been more nonfiction crossing my desk than ever before. Yeah. I'm, I'm reading Roth and Clay, which is the first book in that series yeah. that Rebecca so graced us with. So that's where I'm at. And I keep, uh, I keep starting and stopping because... I'm finding interesting things that I don't know about. So I, when I do that, I end up going in down a rabbit hole and looking things up and researching. Mm -hmm. And so I've been constantly doing that with this book. So I'm never going to finish it. It'll be 2022 before it gets done. So yeah, yeah. sometimes that's just as much fun as reading the book. I've decided um, yeah. a, a lot of my readers run into that. Go ahead, Rebecca. 
So I'm, a lot of my readers are running into that. So I've decided I'm going to start a TikTok series where I where I start explaining the the different fae, uh, what they are, who they are, and even reading some of the like old 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 stories. That's great. Um, like I thought everyone read these when they were like five. No, I mean. So that sounds like such a hopefully awesome you know follow along with the TikTok and. You know, TikTok is... Uh, yeah, follow along with the TikTok. Hopefully that some things will get explained to you. I do now, by the way, I do have a glossary of, of hmm. my critters in the beginning of the books. So if you re-download uh, Moss and Clay, it'll have the, the glossary in there now. Also, you know if you want to join me later, I decided that after Spilling Ink tonight, I'm going to hop to my Facebook group and do a live read from Moss and Clay. Awesome. Ooh. Well, and the glossary is a great idea. That was one thing that I really loved when um, I used to read Pierre's Anthony when I was when I was very young, and he always had a glossary because there's so much stuff, and uh, and that was so helpful because you'd forget what the hell he was talking about, and you could just go quick read it and get back to the story. Um, so no, I that's always, I always thought that was cool that he was the yeah. only one back in that day when doing that. You know, yeah, I don't remember cool. anybody else doing it. <laughs> yeah, Tolkien wrote a book about like that was a glossary, but it was like about his series. It was like a textbook kind of thing. But yeah, but I never and ever had anybody other than Pierce Anthony. That's what I always remember fondly about his books was that you could flip yeah. to the back and. And if you had a question, you he would answer it there. So, and you know, and he he caught some some heat from the really serious uh, science fiction and fantasy authors, but he made a lot of really entertaining stuff. And kind of like I was talking about, Clive, yeah, right, right. You know, and and you know, I was talking about before the show, Clive Cussler. I just you know read his last uh, publication, and you know they aren't they are books that make you th are going to make you think, but they're really, really entertaining, fun action books. And you know what, if that's, what's making somebody happy, screw it. You don't have to aspire to anything else than making somebody happy. Yep. You know, I I've read, uh, you know, I've read, I, I read stuff that it would took me almost a year to read one book because it, you had to slog through it and really think through it. And that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it, but sometimes I don't want to do that. Right. Oh, and let me let me be clear. Moss and Clay is brilliant. It is written brilliantly. It is a fantastically, beautifully written book, and it is amazing. And the characters are rich and exciting, and I really, really love it. Stepping it's up to the boss. Yep. Yeah, totally. Wait, isn't isn't he the boss? <laughs> <laughs> He's also one of her underlings because she publishes him. So. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I could. I, I, I'm not saying that because of that. I'm. I'm being very, very honest. About that. But, <laughs> Jay, didn't didn't you have a question while while Rebecca was reading? Oh yeah, yeah. I was. I was wondering. You said uh, something about like, AOSI. What's the AOSI. Yeah. The AOSI are the leaders of the she, who are the leaders of the Fey. The she are the elven-looking uh, folk, the humanoid-looking peoples, and the AOSI in my book are the um, direct descendants from Danu and Sky. That's actually who created the Fae, and Sky okay. is, of course, like literally the sky, as Danu is literally the Earth. Hmm. So in nine, there were four AOSI, but. Okay things things start changing in uh in this book okay 
Because, I mean, if you're going to break time, you may as well break the rest of reality, too, right? I mean. <laughs> Might as well. I, and I think that maybe pass that on to the other editors, like you said, about a certain other book that maybe we're following this young girl's life and doesn't have to be perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, what could you be talking about there, Jay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what. I think that um, eventually we'll we'll have to to get back to that book, Rebecca, because I'm I'm excited for people to read it. I'm I'm actually going to be propositioning uh, Katie to beta read for us that sometime when when she's because <laughs> <laughs> we we need uh, some more good creative minds to to take a look at it. I think Jane took a look at it and gave us some some good uh, she's critiques. She's a good beta. She's yeah. a very good beta. Yeah, but she's also evil. So I, we need <laughs> someone who's neutral at least. <laughs> I like that you think I'm neutral. <laughs> uh, so, so but, neutral maybe. Have so, you seen Jer her with a red pen in her hand? <laughs> I've seen Jane with a red pen in her hand, <laughs> not Katie. <laughs> Uh, so Joe's Joe's reading Moss and Clay. Rebecca's reading Gary, uh, no matter what color pen. <laughs> Rebecca's reading a uh, pretty little uh, werewolf. Look, I'll use pink if that makes you feel better. Katie, you're reading for work. Have you have you had any cool work reads? I have, I have. There, the most of it is nonfiction, but some of that nonfiction is really interesting. And uh, one of the books, without getting too far into. Uh, to details on it has to do with the psychology of motivation and and how to use certain principles to to get people to do the things you want them to do without it feeling like coercion mm, so manipulation i like that yeah very nice well you know what that reminds me of i i just talked to my therapist a couple of days ago and i'll tell you what this is the the first time i've actually i've had a therapist that i think was was good for me and that we had a good connection and it has uh it is slowly actually starting <laughs> to change my life and it's a it's it's a pretty amazing it's a pretty amazing thing and um what what we were talking about is not necessarily motivation but finding joy in what you're doing and being able to say that it's okay to keep doing something just because you enjoy it not because it brings you some kind of return and that's something that I really, really struggle with. That's not how I was raised. Um, that's not, not how most of society sees things. Um, so, you know, it's it's been a, a struggle, like, you know, especially with, with writing. You know, I really, you know, I don't I don't make any money off books. So I, I'd kind of gotten to a point in my life this year where I'm like, mm -hmm. you know what? I'm I'm working on this book with Rebecca and that just might be it. You know, maybe this just isn't the right thing to do. It's not bringing anything to our table at all. Um, and so I talked to the therapist about that and she was like, you know, but if you enjoy doing it, that's enough right there. Cause really that's, that's the whole point of everything is just to, to, to try to find joy in it. And it's, it's a tough thing to wrap your head around. Um, sometimes. Preach, honey, I preach. Mean, yeah. And, you know, so it, it's, I'm, I'm trying to reshape the way I perceive things and the expectations I have for myself. And, um, it, it is very difficult because I am such a self-conscious person. And like many writers, we doubt ourselves, um, you know, especially if we're not receiving praise. Um, but, you know, it's 
so that's that's something I'm working on. And and I think that's and it's not like Katie was talking about, like, you know, manipulating people and becoming a psychopath and killing them. But it's I still think it's it's almost as cool. Um, so good. So but good on you, Katie. I'm, I'm I, looking I, forward to seeing what you do with this. I, I want to touch on just something you said right there about, you know, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> about sometimes just hearing that somebody enjoys your work, how much motivating that can be and, and reinforcing that what you're doing is good. Uh, I was on Twitter right before we started and just scrolling through as you do. And somebody had posted um, just a tweet out to the, the writing community about, you know, should I tell this author that I love their work? And they were, they were kind of nervous about reaching out to tell the author that, and so I, of course, had to reply. I was like, yes, please. If you have an artist, an author, a musician, anybody who's a creator and you appreciate their work, for the love of God, please tell them because that may keep them yeah. you know, motivated to work need it. to avoid scorpion petting as their next thing to do. Yeah, we desperately, desperately need it. And uh, even authors that are that are making money or that you, you see their websites or them on Facebook and they, they seem like they're very confident and they have 20 or 30 or 40 <laughs> books out there believe us we we still need it we need to know that you enjoy what we're doing because that helps us enjoy what we're doing so please it, write it validates us. it because even if you're not making monetary value off your book because royalties are not as big as people think they are whether you're mm. indie or traditional you have to sell a shit ton of books to earn enough to pay the power bill let alone you know any other bill so yeah, that that validation of hey, I loved your book. That sometimes is is what we need. You know, that's enough. Well, I have a, a friend in in Canada, Amanda, who is uh, who is a, a best selling author now, um, and her book is phenomenal. Is Scorpion Petting was that was really good. Um, um, but she told me she was like, I've I've been broke for a year. I haven't seen a, a royalty check. You know, it, it it takes so long for anything to come in. So she supplements her income by going around and, and public speaking, and that doesn't make a ton of money either until you're very well established. But yeah, even those authors that look like they're killing it, a lot of times we're just we're just trying to do a job and, and get by the next month. There's a there's there's a well known author in Canada actually, um, Susie Vidori, who is yeah. a number one best selling author in YA fiction. She's pretty much a guru of YA fiction in many respects, especially in Canada. And she she she's told me on numerous occasions. I've interviewed her countless times and talked to her countless times, and she's told me very much so. She she reinvented herself. Um, if not by writing the books, the writing the books is like her leisure. She she goes to schools and talks at schools and and talks about the, yeah. you know, the around her books and she ma she makes it around her books. But and now she's now she's into book mentoring and she mentors uh, young authors into uh, massaging them into the process and how to get to point A to point B and. And that's how she supplements her life, and she and, she yeah. hasn't had to she hasn't had to work in ten years because of that. So. And she's and she's and she's great. You know, I I don't read YA. It's not something I typically enjoy, but um, you know, I interviewed her for the the Raven, and I just I really like the way she writes. And then listening to her is is her books are fantastic. so good. And, her but, books are so good. It, and another great Canadian uh, speaker, we who we all know, I'm sure, is uh, Miranda O. Oh. And 
she's another one where you you read her books and her books are very enjoyable they're very funny but it's talking to miranda or seeing her speak in front of people and interact with people that will just blow you away yeah. i mean and, and that's you know and and really that's i think what it takes Chin up is to yeah, hell yeah she is just phenomenal she really is um you know she she came here to holland uh what is it uh, two years ago now and um she she isn't well known here so we didn't have a big crowd for her show and i just thought it was it was such a shame because she is such an incredible dynamic speaker um you know she just mesmerizes you I, I could just listen to her all day um you know but that's the other thing about being an author is we really have to wear so many different hats and and it can be exhausting and if you, you look at me you know i i am exhausted i'm 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 so tired because when there isn't a, a lot of reward um <laughs> it's hard to keep doing it but so you know i i'm kind of falling back into the well what are the things that i do enjoy doing you know i i enjoy doing this show with with katie as as often as i can and talking to other authors or, or you know doing my other podcast and I, I do enjoy engaging with people, but I don't think that I love trying to sell people my books. I, I don't think that that's something that brings me any joy. Um, it, it really doesn't. I, I like it when people read the stories, but I'd almost rather they just have them and not have to worry about the other stuff, not have to worry about the sales. I'm with you, you know? on that. That's, that's yeah. me too. I, 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 I just don't sell myself very often because it's just... Yeah. just whatever you but know, we can I, sell other people like crazy can't we yeah but it's easier to sell someone else than to sell yourself i think it, yeah. it feels yeah. dirty not in a good way yeah yeah that's yeah it does. Although that's, that's kind of why i started doing the readings every sunday is yeah. you know it, i'm giving away my book for free essentially by doing that but i i get so much enjoyment when I do the reading and there's people in the comments section, you know, counting the amount of times I trip over my words or, you know, cheering when you get to a certain section of the book or, or like for me, when I know a section is coming up and I can't wait to see the reaction. I, I love doing that. And that's what keeps me coming back every week. Yeah, I'm doing, I've been doing a show every once in a while on Twitch mm -hmm. on Friday nights because I've been going live on Friday nights and it's me ranting for an hour. And I never, thought, shows. <laughs> I, I never thought in a million years that that would be interesting to anybody, you know, I, I, but it's been, Get it's out. been well received and it's just like, you know, okay, well, I'll keep, I'll, I have no problem. I've got a lot of things to rant about. I'm, I'm happy to, to spend an hour yelling or not yelling, but I can get pretty uh, animated sometimes, but you know. Well, and it's kind of like that. Um, I don't know if you watch you Black Mirror a few times. at all. Do you, do you ever watch Black Mirror, Joe? I've seen it, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, there was that one episode where the, the guy holds the glass to his throat and rants, and that's his show. <laughs> so kind of, you need a piece of glass, Joe. That's what you need. <laughs> well, then it would look like I'm copying that. You know, It's a little, little derivative. Um, but speaking of uh, lifting other people up, and uh, that's actually uh, Josh Pantaloresco's uh big thing too is lifting other people up and and i, I think that's a wonderful thing um I, I do want to tell you about um a couple of new to me authors that i that i read if you don't mind uh one i i mentioned uh you know about a month back when when i was still on regularly it was uh, the butterfly garden by dot Atch atchison 
Um, and it was, it, it's, if you have Amazon prime, it was a, a free prime book and that's how I picked it up. Um, and that was, that was really good. Very dark, uh, very triggering. If you have any, uh, history with, uh, um, or sensitivity to, um, sexual assault. Um, so please be mindful of that, but it was a really good read. And then another prime reading book that I just picked up because it had a cool cover is called the drowned girls. Uh, by a Canadian author, um, Lorith Ann White. And apparently she's very popular um, uh, in Canada, though I had never heard of her. And uh, I, I read that book and then I ended up buying the, the subsequent two books in the series because it was so good. And, uh, and uh, Rebecca, I think you especially would like The Drowned Girls. It's, um, it's, a, it's kind of a, has a murder mystery thriller kind of vibe, but with pretty graphic violence and graphic sex. And I was like, whoa, this is kind of the perfect combination here. It, it's, it's like a legit book, but it's dirty. <laughs> so, so those, those were, uh, those are some others that I, that I read during quarantine now, but uh, that, that were really good. And, and I hadn't read the office. That's getting before, moved so. up on my TBR now. Yeah, Sweet. it was, it was pretty dirty. very good. Yeah. That <laughs> is dirty. She's riding dirty all the time. Yeah, well, I'll tell you. Know, I, 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 I love that graphic so much. Well, FYI, Rebecca, Katie yeah. made that graphic. I think you could recommend Winnie Winnie the Pooh books to Rebecca, and she would find them dirty. She has <laughs> <laughs> a, a spot. You know what's you know what's weird? When I was in grade school, you guys um, don't think that that Winnie the Pooh books are dirty? I mean, wow, you opened that door. Damn it, Joe. Damn it. How oh, many times? How yeah. many times does does Rabbit end up playing with Pooh's butt? I mean, <laughs> have you seen what Rue does when they're together? Oh. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Rebecca. I've had in my fingers in more dogs' assholes than I care to remember, and none of it it was dirty, but none of it was dirty that way. Phrases none I didn't was, expect to hear on our show. <laughs> none of it was a good dirty okay <laughs> but you know the only books of yours rebecca that i've read are the, the are the really naughty books um and i have to tell you they dirty, were dirty 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 they were some of the the best they were amazing like i i i was i felt like i was missing out on something my whole life i mean I mean, I mean, Pornhub's got nothing on Rebecca Jonesy. <laughs> there is the best advertisement I think you could have ever come up with. I mean, if you're going for a one-liner, there it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm quoting me. that. I'm quoting that from now on. Uh, We're going to have to put that on her graphic. <laughs> and I've got nothing on Pornhub either, I promise. <laughs> You know what's funny is I have a uh, I have a friend who does uh, that does a, a lot of online sex work and they actually sent me a message and said uh, you're my only friend friend I can actually ask to look at something and review it for me and it was adult content and they just wanted to know if I thought it was done well but it was it's it's such a weird line <laughs> you know but like we're friends on this side of things. I've never seen this side of things, but can you, can you evaluate okay. the camera angles and the and the editing cuts for me? Because nobody or the else inside is. of those things. 
That's basically to, what it was. How do you do that and keep a straight face? I mean, how do you, you know, legit review something? <laughs> Quality, well, content, timing, angles, uh, and just yeah. not just the cheesy grinning your ear. Practice, practice, <laughs> practice. Well, I'll tell you what, and some of these people, you know, in 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 being a being a camera person myself, you know, filming is difficult. Filming, yeah. lighting, everything is difficult. And to do that all yourself while also doing stuff to yourself, that's no that's no mean feat. So I bet I get, you I bet you there's a website where like notes on those videos are available. Like at at thir at 347, the penis kind of goes out of focus, right? <laughs> right. We need to <laughs> shift the frame this way. <laughs> Reverse Ken Burns on this section. I can't even. I can't even take a selfie. I don't even want to think about how complicated that would get. This this scene requires a reach around at some point, please. Now, what tropes would go for this? Where's the fucking wizard? Look, the dialogue is just not convincing. Uh, all right, it's a little too shiny there. <laughs> I can I can see the boob mic in her asshole. <laughs> Was that by design? Oh my God, we're gonna put an adult content warning on this episode, oh, guys. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying it's hard work. They they work hard, so they deserve their money. I'm on here. Why isn't there already a warning? <laughs> Good point. You know, Regine. Has a really good point. Pooh walks around with no pants on all the time. Right? Like I said, I mean. Wasn't that a Deadpool thing, too? Wasn't that a joke in Deadpool, too? Probably. So yeah. does Rue. So does Kanga. Rabbit doesn't even wear any clothes, the pervert. And he's hopping oh, around and bouncing. Well, you know how rabbits are. He's got to be ready to reproduce at any time. Wow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and doesn't Yogi Bear only walk around with a vest on? He doesn't have a shirt on. And I mean, do, do any of us really believe that Tigger is bouncing around on his tail? I mean, obviously not. <laughs> yeah. So, so maybe, so maybe, uh, maybe this will be the last time I'm on spilling ink, but. <laughs> I figured uh, we'd get a pass. Before, you guys. Since, since both of the bosses are here, I figured we'd get a pass on whatever happened. Yeah. Well, I do, I do want to say real quick about TikTok. If, uh, if, if this ends TikTok. up getting like... Sorry, go ahead. Well, as long as you don't take your clothes off, we're, we're good, I think. It's not going to get blocked. But no, I, I was going to say that because um, you guys had mentioned TikTok a couple times earlier as a, as a new platform for, for reaching people. And it is wildly popular of course um i love it for animal videos but i listen to a lot of true crime podcasts i love true crime anything and there have actually been a few times where people have, are actually using tiktok um to help resolve cases to help track down leads to talk about cases that are still on ongoing uh cold cases and there's there's actually been a couple of uh instances of success with that so um you know if you're if you're interested in true crime at all it seems like a bizarre thing to do but search in tiktok for for true crime there's actually some interesting stuff on there um 
Yeah. So anyhow, that was my TikTok thing. All right. That is kind of cool, though. And, and I could mm -hmm. see that being the plot of a good book, too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, otherwise, funny animal videos. Holy crap. <laughs> I mean, there's no place better. There really isn't. Yeah. No, we, we watch funny animal videos here, too. My youngest is obsessed with them. Have, have you guys watched the uh, the the guy who does everything aggressively? Yes. Yep. Oh my god, that dude is freaking hilarious. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. I, I I just wonder... The affirmations on there are fantastic. I like. So my TikTok is taken up by uh, by Joshua Robertson. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear that guy's pretty good. Yeah, I have. A, I've heard he's got a super sexy voice. Like Benedict Cumberbuns. <laughs> he really does, but like he even he, he takes it up to another level. There is one TikTok he does, and it's a, a, a voiceover from Lucifer from the show Lucifer. Ooh. He also nice. does uh live readings and uh pulls cards. Oh, cool. that's fun. Although but if you get fun. some bad news, there is all mm -hmm. kinds of person on TikTok. It's beat. Bearded Basilorius, I don't, I don't know. Look for bearded basil, and then there's some more words after, basil? more letters after that. We'll we'll find it and we'll put it in the show notes. So yeah. for anybody who's watching this later, after the show's done recording, I'll make sure that link gets into the uh, the notes. Joe, have you oh. been doing a lot on TikTok? Uh, yeah, I suppose I could just like pull up TikTok right now. <laughs> I've been doing a, a fair amount. Uh, I mean, I've just been playing with it right now. I'm just kind of getting my feet under me about, with it. But I've done I've done six videos. So, and right now I have 69 likes. So I'm not sure if I want to go beyond that. Nice. Yeah, you want to stop right there forever. <laughs> no, I, I actually I have a TikTok. Send me the link, Rebecca. <laughs> I've got a, a TikTok as well, and I've only done a handful of videos, and they're all silly animal videos. Um, and then I then I kind of got bored recording them, and I was like, I'm just going to watch other people's because it's so much less work. Um, yeah, because it's it's hard to get likes if you're not in the the right spots. I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy it. You know, See, that plays into the thing we've talked about before, where where <laughs> for authors, creators, whoever, there's so many social media channels out there. Where do you put your time? Because hmm. to to cultivate them, you have to spend time on them. And there's how many? out there yeah. there's just not enough hours in the day to, to do all of them yeah. i pretty much spend all of my time now and, and of course i've been quarantined but all of my time is spent on the couch reading all day or watching documentaries that's that's really all i've been doing for the last three weeks or that so sounds awesome. well i'll tell you what it's, it's yeah it's great but after a while you do get sick of the couch you know so <laughs> i mean i i kind of miss doing things but but yeah, that's yeah, why you I, move to the chair or the back porch. Yeah, yeah, but no. So it it's been, but it, it's still been freeing. I told the I told the Katie and Joe that I've been slowly inching my way back onto social media just to see what my friends are doing. But um, it it's so nice to be not on it all the time and not have all of the information rushing at you constantly. Um, so yeah, so if you're feeling overwhelmed, for God's sake, start reading again. Oh man, it's nice. It slows everything down. It's good. And, and if you're looking for some good, not full length documentary, but like fact, quick mm -hmm. videos, um, I, that's been another one of my rabbit hole mm -hmm. things. For sure. Check out uh, Mental Floss on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Good stuff on there. I, I love their list shows. 
I also enjoy Big Think, which oh, is oh yeah, that's a good one. Where they have they have experts come on and they they answer a question and they talk about and it's usually a very intellectual based question mm -hmm. or a spiritual question and those are always very interesting. Well, another oh, thing you can another. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, you know, and once you're you're playing one of those videos, like we spent a whole day watching uh, videos on uh, the 1918 flu pandemic because we played one video and it just kept playing more little short documentaries. And we're like, oh, this is awesome. And so you can really just kind of set it and do whatever you're doing and have that on in the background. And it's, it's pretty enjoyable. Yeah, Regine was going to say the same one I was, SciShow. Mm -hmm. um, SciShow is good. And and the guy who does SciShow, is it, it's Hank Green, I think. <laughs> um, his brother, John Green is the one who does uh, crash course and mental floss. So like no together, those brothers have all kinds of fact and, and quick educational shows. And is they're really, really good. Al Green's nephews. <laughs> yeah. I got it. Uh, <laughs> well, I knew Joe would. I knew Joe would. <laughs> Well, we're we're at the end of our show, guys. This was this was a really fun chat, you know. And I, I think that these are my favorite kind of shows where we can just kind of talk with friends. And I definitely needed a show like this where it was just nice and and relaxed. And Joe talking about dirty stuff the whole time, and you know, Re <laughs> Rebecca trying to keep us on track. <laughs> but do we do we have a do we have a some a promo video for other sponsor or anything yet, Katie? Or is she uh, still slacking on that? Yeah, no, no, she's still slacking. I don't, oh. I don't know what's going on with her. Oh, I never, I, I never said I was gonna make a video. You guys do not <laughs> want to see me try to make a video. It would just be sad. Okay, so I'll, I'll read this though and for probably pornographic, now. and then I'd end up on Pornhub, and there we go. This is Mistress Rebecca Dirty Jonesy. You will be entertained. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I that's like a it. little little vocal fry there. That's from uh, three weeks of nasal drainage. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget tomorrow at one forty-five, I will be reading chapter seventeen, and only chapter seventeen this week. I know I've doubled up the last couple of weeks, but I can't I double know up. What happens this week. in chapter seventeen? I can't wait, wait to read chapter twenty. That I just I want to jump ahead, but I can't. I can't. Got to read the next chapter. Got to read it in order. All right, so is it Keist or Kist? Keist or, or Keist or Kist? Either way, that's oh, a cool name. We should watch Benedict try to say penguins. And everyone, I, I I have seen that video about a dozen times. It's hilarious. Just Google Benedict Cumberbunce penguins. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty great. What? Wait, you never put my banner up there, Katie. Where's mine? Didn't I have one? You you were gonna give me a new one. Really? Yeah, oh, you said you were gonna fix them, and so I took them down so we could put oh, up the yeah. new one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Talk about slackers. Didn't fit, but look at the. But look at that. This is funny. That's me. I, I'm on the the right there. Um, I'm I'm basically just the the funny cute one. Um, so yeah, that's that's what we got, guys. <laughs> All right. Well, we will be back next week with more I, fun. I mean, I mean, a uh, gift for you if you want to use the gift instead. Uh -oh. You mean Jeff? GIF. We, we've had this argument before the man who created it says it's jiff i don't care <laughs> jiff is peanut butter well he can do be you, wrong too do you say <laughs> giraffe <laughs> yes yes i do 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> Talk to you Did next you say week. George? Good night. <laughs>